Welcome to the Stories She Sings, where we bring messages of biblical women to life through inspired songs. We hope this podcast will be a place of rest, refuge, and refreshing in the presence of God. Good morning. This is Karen Lynn Grant with the story she sings, and I'm excited to be here with you today and to explain a little bit about this podcast, what inspired it, and what you can expect when you join with me in listening. I am very grateful to have a heart that desires to share good news, to uplift, to edify, to encourage. You know, there's so much bad news going on in the world. It seems that we're so eager to share that, to spread that. But when can we have a bit of a change of heart and ponder what is my role in sharing good news? What is my what is what is the good news that I would share? For about 20 years now, I have been a licensed massage therapist and I have written the music that I choreograph into each and every session. These have become known as joy coaching sessions. They are created with all five senses to help to gracefully transition a person from despair or sorrow in a Christ-centered, faith-based way back into the vibrations of love and joy and peace acceptance, even discovering the blessings in disguise of experiences that have been hard. As I recount the experiences in my life and walk through them, it's kind of like going on a journey, much like what Ebenezer Scrooge went through in his life. When we have that moment when the Lord taps us on the shoulder and asks us to review our life with him. And as we do, and as we go through the past, and as we experience in our visual imaginations, the the memory of former experiences, not all of them are happy. My joy is to work with those who are working to clear the past to live in the present, and to prepare for the future. Many times I have asked the Lord, what would you have me do? And the answer is always inevitably the same. Prepare to meet God. This morning as I was pondering this, I'm an avid journal keeper, and as I was pondering this, I opened to a book that I've written called The Cherished Lady. And this is a book that There are daily readings, probably over a hundred, and I have many volumes of of these books called the Cherishing Way series, and this one happens to be called The Cherished Lady. And I opened up to day 43 and reminisced through my journal, and I'd like to share a couple of paragraphs with you. The question that I asked the Lord that morning was, who will be the first child to fall on bended knee? Who will be found worthy to lift their eyes and see the promise of his coming, the rays of morning light? Who will be the children who will usher in the light? 
Those later became the lyrics to the song that I wrote called Promises to Keep, which I will share with you in today's podcast. I'm excited to be able to share with you the reasons why I wrote the songs and the reasons why I am sharing them with you now. The answer to that question came through a still small voice. And what I want to encourage you to do is to go to the Lord each morning, ask your questions, and then put a pen in your hand and write what is given to you to write. This can be a process that is developed. I call it a scripting process where we in essence, we're writing our own scriptures. Uh, we're not rewriting God's Bible, but we are we are receiving new and pertinent revelation for ourselves according to his mind and will for us. And I want to share with you the paragraph that flowed from my pen after I asked that question. My child, if you will spend your days preparing to meet me, How great your joy will be when I come again, for I will choose to unveil my face in a time you know not, but if you prepare yourself, it matters not the hour, the day, the minute, for when the bridegroom comes, the bride will be ready. Consider the lesson of the ten virgins, ponder it, be wise in your choices of how you will spend your years, your months, your weeks your days. Be wise in how you spend each and every moment, for it is in this moment that you are preparing yourself to have a fullness of joy, to feel the depths of joy that can be yours, or if you have not prepared, to feel the depths of sorrow at the time of my coming. For a minute, I want to talk to you about what's going on in the world today. There's so much sad news, scary news, bad news, and I know that it is increasing the vibration of fear and fake news. But what is the real news? The real news is that the inevitable will come. One day we will stand face to face with the Lord, whether we are here at the time of his coming or whether we pass through the veil before his coming, there will still be come for each one of us a time when we will meet God. That can be a joyful thought if we are spending time preparing. One of the things that I encourage in Joy Coaching America with the women that I coach across America is to develop a time each and every day. For me, that is the morning. For you, it might be in the evening or the afternoon. It might be in the middle of the night. But to prepare a time where you can receive him. We think about Christmas and the songs about no room in the inn or prepare a place for him and let him into your heart. And as we go through this holiday season, I would love to encourage any of you who already are having a divine appointment. Maybe you call it something else. It might be your daily worship activity. For me, I call it a divine appointment. And that is where I go through prayer, through scripture study, through music, even through essential oils, the blends that I've created that accompany each song to create a beautiful little respite for myself 
to prepare myself for that day, for the people that will come into my life, the people that I will be called to serve, to bless, and to edify and to minister to. As we prepare to meet God, we can prepare our hearts to be cleansed and purified of being past feeling. What is it? What does it mean to be past feeling? Past feeling means that we are basically unable to feel. We've become apathetic, melancholy, um, in a state of malaise. But if we can prepare our hearts and go to the Lord with those things that have been harboring in our hearts, any griefs, any unhappinesses, much like Ebenezer Scrooge did when he met the ghost of Christmas past and then went with the ghost of Christmas present and through into, <coughs> excuse me, seeing with the ghost of Christmas future, the beautiful things that we can behold. There is a book that is called The Spyglass by Richard Paul Evans. And this book is beautiful. It's all about a lowly king in a broken kingdom where the people are sad, where they've lost faith, they've lost courage, and they have no vision of the future. They have no hope or expectation of a better world or better a better kingdom to come. And one day an old man wanders into the kingdom and he meets the old king, the this old, tired king, sad king, beleaguered king. And he asks him, what is his hope? What is his future? What is his joy for the kingdom? And the weary king says, I have no hope. The kingdom, the people aren't, they're not creating their flocks. They're not building. They're not taking care of their buildings. And the old man holds up a spyglass and asks the king to look through the spyglass and to see. Essentially, the what the spyglass is, is a lens of faith. And it's a faith in the future, faith of a better day, faith of a better world, faith in what can become. And as the king begins to hold this spyglass up for others in the kingdom and to visit the royal subjects in the kingdom who have also been discouraged, he brings a message of faith. And as each one looks through the spyglass, they are able to envision a happier day and more fruitful times and harvests in the future for their fields. Sometimes when I listen to the news, I have to admit it can be a real downer. It can bring my spirit down. And I am one that really needs to focus, focus on what do you want to create? What do you want more of? Well, I was asleep and the thoughts came into my mind, kind of in a fuzzy, foggy dream, but the word, the words were posed to my mind, Karen, what do you want to prepare for now? You know, we think of the hard times ahead and the things that are happening politically, but what do you want to prepare for? And I had recently had a wonderful, young, beautiful nephew pass away unexpectedly. And I had realized when he had Pass so unexpectedly for a health issue that none of us knew about. 
I realized that the inevitable thing that will that will meet up with us all one day is that reunion with God. One day we will all stand to meet him. And so as I ponder the song and the lyrics promises to keep, I hope that as you listen to this song, that you will begin to hold in your mind's eye the vision of a wonderful day when the Lord will come to rule and reign upon the earth, that there will be a perfect government one day when the Savior, Jesus Christ, comes to reign upon this world. And whether we are here at the time of his coming or whether we are here with our callings to prepare our children and our grandchildren for that day or our great-grandchildren, I don't know. But I can promise you that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And so our adventure begins with the stories she sings. I'd like you to listen if you can, to the song Promises to Keep and be reminded of the beautiful things that we have to look forward to going forward into a far better world. Who will be the first child to fall on bended knee? Who will be found worthy to lift their eyes and see the promise of his coming, the radiant morning light, the rising of the sun, the end of mortal night? Who will be the first child? To rest upon his knee Who will be the little ones Who gaze in purity Upon the promised Savior When he comes in truth and might Who will be the children To usher in the light Who will teach the children
teach my children before the dawning of that day. I will teach my children to love him and I pray that he will wake my children. This world is fallen fast asleep. I will tell my children they have promises to keep. As I listen to the lyrics of that song, it takes me back to the purpose for which I wrote it. I remember being a young mother of little children and going through a marriage where my husband had fallen asleep. He had lost the desire to come unto Christ with me or to even go to Christ alone. And this was an extremely lonely time in my life. And I was very much heartbroken. You know, when you are a little girl and a young teenager, you dream of what your marriage is going to be like. And I had always hoped that at least I would marry somebody who we would have a heart for God, that we would have a heart to teach our children the precious things of the Savior, Jesus Christ. As I have gone through the experiences of being a single mother, I have relied upon the gift of songwriting, and it has been such a blessing to me in my life as I have gone to the Lord in the mornings. And there's a beautiful scripture in Isaiah that says, for the Lord, thy maker is thy husband, meaning that we, none of us are alone. And that is not just to the daughters, but it is for all of us who might be feeling alone, who might be single, who might be in a troubled marriage, who might be having problems with your children at any various stage of their existences. And what a beautiful thing it is to know that as we seek to prepare to meet God, that we can also go to him and to receive those downloads, those scriptings, those directions and personal instructions through reading our scriptures and seeking out wonderful content and be edified and uplifted so that we can teach our children. Even if we are in a position of being single and trying to do that alone. I have a great compassion for those who are single parent families during this COVID season of our world's history. I can only imagine what it's like to be trying to entertain the troops, you know, every day of the week. Uh, some families have sent their children back to school. Some children are homeschooling. But it's not an easy thing for a mother or a father as a, as a unity or trying to do it on their own. And so I send love to you and, and want to encourage you this day that by telling you and sharing with you that it was so important to me during those years of being a single mother that followed writing this song. I had no idea that I was going to go through single mothering uh, after the song was written, 
that it would become my sole responsibility to teach my children. I go back to my journal and want to share a little bit more with you. And the words that continue to download through my pen were these, so prepare to meet me. Prepare your heart by being cleansed and purified of being past feeling. For it matters not if I come in 20 years or in 200 years. What matters is that when I come to you in spirit, that is my second coming for you. And all that matters is that when I stand at the door of your heart, that you are not frightened, but eager to open it to receive me, anxious to be with me, grateful that I have come to you in the moment to spend time with you. So prepare. Prepare to meet me. Prepare to meet me and greet me every day of this life, for the day of this life is the day appointed unto you to prepare to meet God. This life has been given you to prepare to meet me. Let your life be full of good works, good words, good and kind acts, all dedicated unto the glory of God. Remember when I told you that becoming my little sister or my little brother is the next step after awakening to the knowledge that you are indeed a child of God. And once you have accepted the call to become a disciple, my sister or my brother, when it has been extended to you, then your life becomes deeper in purpose. Who is my sister and who is my mother? Who is my brother? They that do it the will of my father. And so as you show that you are willing, eager, and anxious to receive me, your elder brother, you are given the call to do even as you have seen me do. And what have you seen me do? You have seen me bless and minister to God's children. If you would be a sister, a disciple, a brother, be converted to the truth, and then you cannot be kept from sharing it and from strengthening others. And what is the ultimate truth? The ultimate truth is love, the pure love of Jesus Christ. So be gentle, be meek, be easy to be entreated, be kind, be firm in the truth, Share my gospel with those whose hearts are aching and whose baskets are empty. Fill them with overflowing, with the gifts of my spirit, listed in Galatians 5. Brotherly kindness, patience, long-suffering, pure love, faith, hope, temperance, My sister, my brother, my disciples are those who have received me in the moment, embraced me, and who now desire to share the gift of my atonement with every man, woman, and child that they meet. The way of discipline is the way of a disciple. Discipline yourself. Discipline your life. 
Discipline your time. Discipline your priorities. The time is urgent and much work needs to be done before my coming. The field is white and ready to harvest and the laborers are few. Who will be the first child to fall on bended knee? It is the soul who has a knowledge first that they are indeed the literal offspring of God. Add to that the knowledge that you are my brother, my sister, that you have stepped forward and accepted the call to bless, to minister, to love with the fruits of the Spirit, which are tenderness, gentleness, pure love, kindness, grace. All of these beautiful gifts of the Spirit are the gifts that are the true gifts of the Lord. They're the true gifts of, the, of Christmas, of Christ. And so I would hope that as we each come before him, that we feel a desire to know him, to serve him, to love him, to create a deeper bond with him, to create a deeper relationship with him so that when hard times come, we're not just suddenly showing up on the doorstep of heaven asking for handouts, whether those be temporal, spiritual, or emotional handouts, that we will have created such a beautiful relationship with the Lord that we will be able to go to him. I love that the scripture, the word, the adverb in the New Testament, ask, is one of the most repeated adverbs in the entire Bible. Ask that ye may receive, seek that ye may find, knock, that it may be opened unto you. My message for today is a message of coming unto Christ and bringing our whole hearts to him, whether they are fettered at, with heartbreak and, and surly emotions, or whether we have kept our emotional clearing up to date and our spiritual cleansing up to date, that we just hold hands with disciples across America and beyond who love the Lord with all their heart, with all their might, with all their strength, and who are seeking to do all they can to come unto him, to know him, to prosper in him, to seek for the blessings of abundance, whether that be emotional abundance, spiritual abundance, physical abundance, temporal, um, in all ways, mental abundance. The other day I called a friend, and as I talked to her, I asked her, what would you like to create more of going forward into 2021? What would you like to focus on? Because as we hold up that spyglass, as we look through the lens of faith and envision a far more glorious future, that is how we create and co-create miracles with the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. There is a song that I would like to play for you now. It is called The Morning Light. It is a song about having a divine appointment, about 
going to the Lord each and every morning. And as you hear this song, I would love for you to envision yourself as the person in this song, as though it is your heart singing this song about yourself, about your relationship with the Lord, or the relationship you desire to create with the Lord. The song is called The Morning Light, and I'll be right back, right after we listen. I have seen your heart a 
unceasingly pray You shall dwell with me in endless day The pure in heart shall dwell with me one day I am the morning light that shines the way As I reminisce upon the reasons that I wrote that song, The Morning Light, I remember the woman that I wrote it for. I remember that she was going through a very hard time in her own personal life, and yet she confided in me that turning to the Lord and having her own daily divine appointment was the song of her heart. It was the joy of her life. You couldn't tell by looking at her the things that she was going through. She had joy. The joy of the Lord was her strength, and I wanted to capture that, the angels that would surround her as she would turn to him daily, consistently in prayer. I turn now to Matthew 25 to talk to you a little bit about right now what's going on in the world and how we can be filled and buoyed up during this time when there is a lot of uncertainty. And I would like to read to you from Matthew 25 beginning with verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their, in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. And the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. I would love to share with you that, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in this program, that as we build a daily divine appointment with the Lord, our worship service, our personal one-on-one, -on -one, coming to Him with the concerns of our hearts and the questions that we might be having, as we establish that close connectivity with him, it's so much easier in a time of crisis to go to him. And he will not say to those who have been daily importuning him, daily coming unto him, daily walking and talking with him, he will not say, I know you not. Hopefully, 
this relationship that we're building with the Lord is like the five wise virgins who filled their lamps with oil. And what is that oil? It is the light of Christ. It is the oil of gladness mentioned in the Bible. It is the strength of the Spirit and the beauty of his companionship so that when the time comes, no matter when a crisis comes, no matter when he comes, that we will be ready, that we will be prepared to meet him. I mentioned earlier in the program that I had awakened to the thought, prepare to meet God. And I thought, oh, does that mean that I'm going to die soon? And then I realized that as I prepare to meet him each and every day, he will come and he will sup with me. And if I will be consistent in my reachings for him, he will reach back. I love the scripture that says, draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. That is a promise. That is a hope that we can be assured of. As we look around and we detect the vibrations of emotional energies that are in the world, we can choose to be raised to a higher vibration. I remember going to a wedding, a beautiful wedding, where a couple was being officiated by a beautiful man who said, you know, if one of you in your marriage wants to invite a millennial space into your home, you can create that. And if you can invite the other one of you to appreciate and to enjoy a millennial space where there is love, joy, and peace in your home, then together you will you will be creating a millennial marriage. And it doesn't mean that you have to wait until the second coming. We can be able, we are able to right now begin inviting that beautiful millennial space, that higher vibration of love, joy, and peace into our homes. And as I shared the song with you, who will teach the children? We can also invite our children to sit with us, to read scriptures with us, to converse with us, to talk to them as we tuck them in each night and prepare their little minds and hearts after having gone through any crises during the day. Something that I have created and devoted to children, after asking that question, who will teach the children in the first song that I shared this morning, I went on to create eight CDs of lullabies and Christ-centered, faith-filled, beautiful meditations for children and lullabies to ponder on as they go to sleep at night. We all know that children are being infiltrated with the media of the world, and it is up to us as their guardians, as the guardians of their spirits, to comfort them, to nurture them, to help them to bring to conclusion the episodes of unhappiness that they might be experiencing during the day. And one of the things that I would love for you to be aware of are these angel dreams lullabies. There was a time in my life when I was in my first marriage and I did not have 
that camaraderie that I longed for in that marriage. I wanted to have a more spiritually Christ-centered union with my spouse in the Lord, and it was not so. And I remember one day when all four children were crowding all around me, just hungry for attention when they were little, I was feeling clobbered and suffocated and smothered by so many little people and that were crying. And I cried to the Lord. I just looked up to the heavens and said, Lord, I thought that motherhood was going to be so much funner than this. My mom made it look so easy and so fun and so natural. But this is this is challenging to do this all by myself and to try to do family home evenings by myself and to teach them the gospel by myself and read them scriptures by myself. And the thought came to my mind, when you begin writing the lullabies for your children and praying to know each one of their spirits, like I know them, you will have joy in motherhood. I was so excited when that impression came into my heart, something to help me to teach my children to love the Lord and to bless my children with a, with a faith and a hope in Jesus Christ, even though we weren't sharing that completely as a whole complete family. It was something that I could do with them and for them using these lullabies and so I went on to write many, many lullabies, the first three beginning that day. And at night, I would tuck them in with my guitar and, and sing to them. And all of these little lullabies were Christ-centered and faith-filled. And it was, it was a beautiful time. And when I went through my divorce, I had these lullabies compiled onto CDs. And I would tuck the lullabies into their little suitcases with Sony Walkman headphones in the day and encourage them that when they were at their father's house to listen to the songs under the covers and to still be tucked in it with a nightly beautiful ritual that I could not be present at unless they were in my home. As I think about what's going on in the world today. And as we've heard the numbers of abuse skyrocketing and domestic violence, it is so much my hope and my prayer that, that families can take nighttime as a nurturing time. And, and if they're together during the day to take the daytime as a nurturing time to prepare to meet God each day in our homes and families, to bring the light of the gospel into our homes, to play beautiful Christ-centered music, to read little scripture verses to our children, to teach them the virtues that our great-grandparents taught, and that somehow so many homes and families are, are missing I know that recently I went to visit a young mother and she said, well, I finally succumbed. I've got a Fortnite account now. My children and my husband are playing it all the time. And so that's what we do. We just spread out across the house and we just play Fortnite. And we're living in our virtual reality. And it is my hope and my prayer for parents that each one will seek to bring that beautiful 
essence of daily divine appointments. If you have little children in the home, you can bring them up and teach them from the scriptures, from other beautiful books that have been written, even at these lullabies, if there's anyone out there that would like to try these lullabies and to listen to the guided visualizations that are all Christ-centered, it would be my joy to share them with you. I'd like to share a lullaby with you right now as we continue this program. And so we will turn to the beautiful nighttime nurturing that my mother did for her little family. As I was a little girl, she would make the rounds at bedtime and tuck each one of us in. And she was not herself a proclaimed singer, but she did stroke our hair and whisper beautiful, kind words into our minds. How important it is that we fill our children's minds and our spouse's minds with positive reencouragement, positive reinforcement at this time. One of the things that she did was she would count to 10 because she would make the rounds to each one of our beds. And so she would sit up by bed and count to 10 and put beautiful imagery and ask me to close my eyes and listen to the song. And so are the, are the words that she would speak. And so right now I would love to have you listen to the song, count to 10 and just relax for a minute. Jesus' loving eyes Shining in the heavens Like stars up in the sky Close your eyes, imagine The sliver of the moon A reflection of His smile Shining in your room And the
I love to teach with the power of a lullaby, and I believe that lullabies can be so soothing to our spirits. After all, when you think about it, to the Lord, we are all little children. And I'd like to continue with some lines from my journal. My child, there are promises that stir within your heart, sacred yearnings, achings within to follow me. I will lead you along. I will require much of you, but where much is required, much will be given. And so plant and cultivate your love for me. Prune back the dead branches and lift the lower branches of your life that are not bearing fruit. Let's brace them on the trellis of my love so that the sunlight can reach the vine. You will bear good fruit. The harvest will be an abundant one. Your life will be full, heaping to the brim, with good measure pressed down, running over with joy. This is my promise to those who come follow me. We all occupy diverse stations in the world and in the kingdom of God. Brigham Young says those who do right and seek the glory of the Father in heaven whether their knowledge be little or much, or whether they can do little or much, if they do the very best they know how, they are perfect. Be ye as perfect as you can, he says, for that is all we can do. Though it is written, be ye perfect as your Father who in heaven is perfect, to be as perfect as we possibly can, according to our knowledge, is to be just as perfect as our Father in heaven is. He cannot be any more perfect than he knows how, any more than we can. When we are doing as well as we know how, in the sphere and the station which we occupy here, we are justified. We are justified as the angels who are before the throne of God. The sin that will cleave to all, the posterity of Adam and Eve, is that they have not done as well as they know how. As I begin concluding today's podcast, I want to share with you the song, Trim Your Lamp. And I hope as you listen to this song that you will feel an increased desire to rekindle, to reboot, to reignite, or to resume, or to begin anew, a daily divine appointment with the Lord that this will bring you joy. One of my favorite things to do for my divine appointment is to bring my journal, bring my scriptures, and um, be able to pray and to write and to just feel and to write the impressions that come to me. I, I love to look up a passage of scripture. I love to study a passage, whether that subject be the subject of light or the subject be the subject of prosperity, or the subject be abundant life, or faith, or hope in Christ. It's so fun to be able to, to go and just take a subject and to study, and then maybe even write on index cards some verses that stand out for you and keep them close by, close at hand during the day. 
All of these things can be beautiful in turning our hearts to Christ, in in rekindling our joys, in remembering him every day, not just on the Sabbath day, but remembering him every day. And as we close, I'd like for you to hear Trim Your Lamp. And here we go. a wise virgin I trimmed my lamp with oil I honored the saying fill your vessel full my wish to meet the bridegroom I knew would be fulfilled I watched and I waited my sister smiled unsure while the bridegroom tarried my sister slept there soon would be a marriage i cried to her and wept your lamp is not trimmed you must go find truth and light i pled with her i prayed for her but she slipped into the night trim your lamp trim your lamp for the bridegroom is nigh Trim your lap, trim your lap, hold it high. Trim your lap, trim your lap, he will honor truth and light. The wise will endure the night. doors I entered my vessel trimmed with oil while I heard my sister crying in the night my lap is not trimmed and I cannot find my Lord I did not trim my lamp with truth and light trim your lamp trim your lamp As I go to close this session of the story she sings, I would love to leave you with a beautiful thought. This is from my book, Cherishing Hearts, and 
In this book are daily affirmations to read, to reinforce and to imprint into our minds the love of our Father in heaven, to constantly be made aware of our divine relationship with him. And I'd like to share this with you and wherever you might be, just to have you listen to these words and let them sink deeply into your soul. As I breathe deeply in the spirit of charity, I bring up into my awareness the remembrance of my forgotten relationship with my elder brother, Jesus Christ. I connect all the sacred ties that I have ever felt for him now in my mind, in my heart, my body, and my spirit. I reconnect creatively and consciously now to him, believing that he loves and cherishes me beyond my imagination and my mortal comprehension. I remember his kind and loving eyes filled with love, empathy, and kindness radiating towards me and towards all of my loved ones. I open any blocked passageways in my heart and mind to feel his infinite love flowing gracefully through my being now. The pure love of Christ is the gift of charity, an energy which can heal any feelings of heavy-heartedness, broken-heartedness, homesickness for heaven on earth, and all other aspects of deep-pressed emotion lingering in my soul now. I inhale and breathe in this pure love and bring it down into the depths of my being and letting it imprint into my cells, molecules, atoms, as I am being bathed in the knowledge that I am his forever. I hope that you've received some good news today and whether or not you have been actively pursuing a divine appointment with the Lord, I hope that you will feel encouraged. It's one of the greatest joys of my life. It is the stabilizing influence. It is the thing that keeps me grounded when I hear sad news. It is the thing that gives me hope as I travel forward through each day. And I leave you with love on the story she sings. This is Karen Lynn Grant wishing you a beautiful Sabbath. <music>